Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to another week of Second Chance Moped Podcast. Hey, we're at episode 99. I can't believe I fucking made it. That's an asshole thing to say. I can't believe we made it to 99 because there wouldn't be a show without 99 individual guests. That's right. I've had over 99 guests. I can't believe that. Um, it is unbelievable to me that I'm at show 99. I remember when I first started this with Ashley Ackley, this was kind of the remnants of the original Moped Podcast, Brabcast. Um, we were hoping to do four. And then we were hoping to do four more. And then Ashley had to bow out, which I'll talk about a little more next week. And the community has supported me wholeheartedly. And with that being said, tune in next week. I will give, I will, I've been enabled to give back to the community, but you have to listen next week to check out on that one. But Hey, I got out on mopeds this week. I, it was Friday, Saturday. I'm like, it is 43 degrees. I'm going nuts. I have to get it. I went and rode around the lake a bit on my DR Hobbit, my Phoenix bike. It felt, it was so fucking rad. Then I just kind of said, it was like, 39 40 and i'm just like i got my fast hobbit i just screw it i'll just i'll just take it on a little rip and i did i rode look i give the i was i'll keep my mouth shut about that but i just rolled a little coffee shop rolled back it was kind of more of a break-in and shakedown and it was the bike was a little weird because like the first heats first two heat cycles it was super lean then it got or it was super rich. Then it got a little lean on me, but whatever. I, I've adjusted some stuff. But I am super excited about mopeds and what's to come this year. We see that rally calendar stacking up. We're seeing all everybody's making all their moped plans. I know a ton of people are going to Nashville. That's gonna be the hot. That's gonna be the hot one of the spring. Um, I had to make a choice between uh, going out west or going and seeing them bad boys out in LGN. I think I'm going to make it my, that's going to be my East coast pillage this summer is uh legion. I'm going to have to hit that Philly rally. I want to make a few stops along the way. See those, see those kids out in Ohio, uh, all them zeros, which I can't say enough for the hospitality. Um, fuck, all the zeros have ever given me that is, I hope all moped clubs are like those guys. Cause those guys are so fucking rad and so genuine and they can bust your balls and they can give you the shirt off their back at the same time. So if you don't, if you have the opportunity to go to anything from the zeros, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, yeah. And that's what, that's what I got on that. So I'm always looking for guests. I've had some guests reach out to me and that's awesome. And I love that. And it's rad. And then I've had some people uh, I've had to reach out to them and then this is one. I, I'm always on MA. I'm, I don't post a lot because I just don't. But I'm always looking to see who's on. And I saw this individual, and I saw, holy shit, they have a lot of posts. And I don't have your profile up right now. But, like, I'm like, God, this person. And I started looking. They've been around a long time. I'm like, fuck it. And I, I'll just ask anybody pretty much. Um, and not, I'm not trying to belittle. There I go. Be, trying to be witty again, but right now I'm just want to fuck it. Let's just introduce our guest uh, and have him tell you where he's from. How you doing? Uh, 
So Dave Seely, aka Tripod Dave. Hey, Tripod. Um, how did I get that name? Well, it should be pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've always had the love for the Tripod. Uh, have a few now, and you know whatever. Uh, so I live in Boston now. Been here since around 2000. Originally from New York City. Uh, got my first moped before all y'all were born. Uh, <laughs> Where, uh, what borough are you from in New York? Because I know enough about New York City that it's not really New York City. What, what borough were you from? New York City, fifty second and eighth, Midtown. Oh, Manhattan. You, Manhattan. Okay, that is. Midtown. I do. Right hold now. on one second, Dave. I've got all these damn notifications going on, on my computer, and it's yep. gonna drive me nuts. So I'm gonna can't close a few things. And we, I, I have a very professional uh, podcast where I um, stop down to close stuff. Okay, anyways, so uh, they call you Tripod Dave. You bought a moped before most of us were born. So I feel like before we get going on this, I got to do my little intro thing that some people like. So hold on, hold on. I got to always sip my coffee for Jesse. <sighs> I love coffee. But Dave... <laughs> Here on Second Chance, the Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journeys, i.e. the very first time they can remember seeing a moped to, like, the smile ride, middle part of the journey, and what it's like today. So, Dave, let me ask you this. What is your very first memory of a moped? Not necessarily getting on it, but the first time you can conceptually remember, hey, that's a moped. So, I was the youngest uh, of four and my older brother is like 11 years older than me. So oh, wow, I'm like okay. at five, six years old. He had, um, you know, uh, uh, I think it was a uh, Villers or some, you know, English moped that I don't know where the hell he got it from. But anyway, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, it had like the, the curb fenders and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got my first one when I was 12. Now, where were you guys getting? Was it? from like a bike shop or like a catalog. Like I find that cause you're one of the few people I can say I've had on the show that's ordered one new. So like, that's fascinating to me in its own right. Like where did you get it new? Well, th- those we got used, you know, so okay. we got them from people being in the New York metropolitan area, you get a lot of people from other countries mm-hmm. and they bring their shit with them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So that, that helped a lot, but I mean, you know, Later on, you know, years later, I actually went to the Batavis dealer and bought a brand new from the dealer with the warranty, with the paperwork, with the options, you know, all that. So, awesome. you know, I remember that. Um, you don't know much about me, but I got my very first, we, we'll say in Minnesota at least, Batavis. Um, I got my very first Batavis this uh, fall. So, yeah, mine was a, I, I, I won't forget, a, a gray Starflight top tank. Nice with the forty-eight, not the fifty-six. Thank okay. God. Uh, <laughs> it does No, it honestly, I am very ignorant when it comes to Badavis. I'm still going to pronounce it wrong compared to what you say. I only the only reason why I bought one is because I had an opportunity to buy the Grand Prix. So, right. um, yeah, I, I have a Grand Prix. I have a blue one. I used to have a gold that's, one. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, those are sort of bats. I mean, Fujo Motor. It's kind of yeah. Yeah, it's it's eh, yeah. kind of better. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot better. I, I must say. Um, yeah. Uh, so in New York, they have some very strange moped laws, and they have them in classifications. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend owned the dealership, and he gave gave me the thirty mile an hour bat, but he rode up on the 
on the sales slip that it was a 20. Oh, so, so in New York on the 20 mile an hour ones, you don't need a helmet. You know, it's considered a bicycle, basically. Yep. No insurance, no nothing. Okay. Um, so, you know, I just enjoyed because it, it looked like a motorcycle and I'm riding this thing with no helmet on the street. And I got pulled over like every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cops yeah. couldn't figure this shit out. You know, like, <laughs> what are you doing on a motorcycle with no helmet? Yep. After the time, they pull me over and just say, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm riding, I'm breathing. Uh, I'm going I'm forward until you stop you're asking me, asking me a silly question yeah. with no, you know. Uh, and then, you know, being Mr. Wise Guy, I'd usually answer them with, um, what's your reasonable cause for the stop? Mm, I imagine that went over well. Well, yeah, usually did. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they that would put them in defensive mode. They really didn't have an answer. Well, you're not wearing a helmet. And I'm like, dude, this is a C-class. I don't need a helmet. Don't you even know the law? And then they'd just be reeling back like this. And you know, Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, not that I like messing with state troopers, but <laughs> I do like messing with ones that don't know the law. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that. <laughs> um, I mean, once I got hooked on mopeds, I have owned one, at least one, actually at least two, continuously since 1967. Good for you, my guy. That's uh, awesome. Right now I have, I don't know, 15, 20, I don't know, a lot. We're going to have to talk about your living situation because I know Midwest is unique. And anyways, we'll get we'll get there because, like, yeah. that's awesome you can hoard that many in the city. Um, well, I'm in the near suburbs. I'm, like, okay. uh, eight miles from downtown Boston. So it's, like, okay. single-family houses, you know. All right. Yeah, yeah, Suburbia kind of. So you've been around – you were using it just for like modes of transportation, I'm guessing. Like, because was there like the early days of mopeds, was there groups of people? Like, this is like. It, it's funny. It was completely different. Everybody had them. See, I mm -hmm. lived through the, the moped craze. Mm -hmm. Everybody had them. Young, old, you, you name it. All, all, you know, economic strata, all, all racial strata. Everybody just got mm -hmm. into these because. They were cheap and they were fun. Yeah. And it kind of like went against the whole tough motorcycle guy thing. And you met the nicest people in every bicycle shop, sold mopeds and sold moped mm -hmm. parts. And that was huge because um, me and one of my friends decided one summer we're going to go on an uh, adventure. And we drove our mopeds from Westchester County in New York yep. to Key West. That's and that. That I, I was going to ask you about that because I was going through your, like, uh, rally roster, and I'm like, what the hell? That was pre-pinball. That's This got to be a typo. Pre, so, yeah, it was pre-everything. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. A, why? B, were they just straight stock bikes, and you just did the white yeah. line riding and just, like, hope nobody ran you over, no rednecks in the south kind of gave, hassled you? I mean – Sorry, buzzards and QCB, but there's rednecks down there. I love you yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I, I'm at home with rednecks. I like everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, we took uh, Route 1, A1A, you know, all the coastal road, A for the view, B yep. for the not highway, and C for the motels if it rains, constant mm -hmm. diners, just the Americana view, and most yeah, importantly, dude. bicycle shops. Because mm. every bicycle shop sold moped parts every bicycle shop mm -hmm. it was paradise now you got to scrounge for parts you got to order wait blah 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 no i rode down i got a flat tire in virginia uh where's the nearest bicycle shop boom got a got a poop tube and off i went 
Yeah. You know, and this is like, I'm, I, I can get it because I, I was a kid before GPS and, but like, that's just nuts, dude. Like get on this road and we're staying on this road. How long did it take you guys to get down from all summer? Oh, was it down? Okay? It took about, but we weren't in a hurry. No, it wasn't about the destination. It was about the ride. Exactly. You know, so if we were in a place we liked south of the border, mm-hmm. you know, that place in Carolina, it's like, yeah, 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 dude, that yeah, place is, I have know, never yeah. stopped there and I kick myself all the time. Like, well, we stayed there for two days. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, we didn't care. You know, it was, we're free. We can mm-hmm. do what we want. We're going to, the only thing is we're going to get to Key West sometime during the summer and get home and whatever. So it took us a lot longer to get there than to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, took about three weeks to get there, about two to get back. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. We were, like I said, no hurry. It was about the ride. We met a lot of people and saw a lot of stuff and had a great time. You know? And this was the summer of 67, you said? Oh, no, this uh, early 70s. Okay, early 70s. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, you know, like um, 72, 73, something like that. Dude, that's so fucking, like, that is super, super, super rad. Like, and then um, in the late 70s, that's when groups started to appear. Okay. And I don't remember how I found out about them, but there was a group in Canada and there was a group in, in New York. Mm-hmm. And we got together and decided to meet. So All we right. met at um, Ruse's Point, which is where the border crossing is. All right. You know, just about. We had no reason for it. Just wanted yeah. to do it. You know? yeah. Well, meet meet in the middle thing. I mean, yeah. moped clubs will do that now, and you guys were this right. is decades before everything, and that's just fascinating. Like this is all just really rad, rad stuff. Like this is actually the thing that when I first started this podcast with my former co-host, like that was like some of it. I wanted to learn more of the history of mopeding, and I had some early pioneers but like you are probably the earliest i will have to say there are um, people before me i yeah. assure you yeah oh exactly exactly yeah, yeah. um that's interesting that you're able to even find people and correspond with them to even meet up like just you know how we did it classified ads in the newspaper that's what i was gonna kind of yeah, assume yeah. you know like yeah. yeah because i can it's just you know like band posters or whatever for shows or whatever. Like I know that's the way a few moped groups, like you want to go ride, here's the date. They'd staple it to a telephone yeah, we pole. We do that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, the people on the road were a little more respectful of mopeds because all kinds of different folks had them, mm-hmm. you know, old, young, it didn't matter. Um, nowadays it's a little, little more sketchy. You know, people mm-hmm. are a little more aggressive. Um, so being in a group is a lot more helpful. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, it, it was a different world. Yeah. You know, it, it was slower. A lot, yeah, a lot slower, a lot safer. Nobody really cared. It was like, oh, look at that. You know, you were, you, you were a bit of an oddity, but not too much of an oddity. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't mind. I'm odd. So, yeah. <laughs> I say this all the time. If you're into mopeds, it doesn't matter what age you are. You, there is something a little off about you. No matter yeah. some of us, there's a lot off, and some of us right. just a touch. Like I'm probably a lot off because I this is what I do. 
Um, and there was no tuning stuff. That's what I was going to kind of ask you. Did you just made your own? Okay. Yep. Yep. That's when your um, cylinder got tired. You didn't get a new one. You mm -hmm. punched it out and got an oversized piston. Mm -hmm. The dealers sold first, second, third, fourth oversized. Um, yeah, yeah. I would bypass all that and just punch it out to the fourth. Yeah, because you had to go fast. I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd, you'd um, uh, pull the baffle out of your exhaust and enlarge the holes. You know, you drill out your intake, dremel mm -hmm. your ports. You know, now guys have it made. You just, you know, uh, give me the Polini, bam, I'm, yeah. I'm fast, you know? Yeah, but we're still stupid and we're still porting those Polinis and we're still, yeah, I mean... Don't get me because wrong. Because we know better than the Polini factory, right? Yeah, sure we do. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> well, actually, they build things to last. I build my bikes to last. Mm -hmm. Most yeah. of them are pretty fast. Yep. But, you know, I'll sacrifice that extra two miles an hour yep. to have it around. Because, honestly, if you build a bike that goes 45, it'll probably last you forever. Yeah, most 40, of mine 45. do about 45. Yep, because yep. then you're not, but like it's once you get into that 50, 55, 60, that's when you're breaking yeah. stuff. And Well, they're not designed, they're designed for 30. You're already pushing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't and, that and true? I, I always put small carbs and everyone laughs at me. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm clocked at 50 miles an hour with a 14, 12, they go, how the, yeah. you know, well, because you don't need it. This I like summer, the economy. I'm, I'm getting to be a bigger and bigger and bigger fan of smaller carbs because like I talked to a few people like I did 65 on my Hobbit and they're like, what carb do you have on it? 19 millimeter Polina. Like I'm 19 huge to me. The biggest one I have, I think is a 17. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of 17. Yeah. The 17 millimeter carbs. Cause like you get a lot of performance outlet, a lot of low end, a lot of low end and you get gas mileage, which is well, awesome. Yeah, you're not blowing half of the unburned fuel out the exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> people don't realize they're doing with those 21s and, you know, and yeah. no matter how, great a tuner you are the larger the carb the more problematic the low end tuning mm -hmm. there's a you know you got to find that nice middle ground mm -hmm. and um i find it with um i mean i, I just threw together a safari the um a couple weeks ago and the thing's doing an honest 45 50 nice 14 14 yeah uh yeah so you talked about meeting up with that um group out in Canada, you guys met it. What, what's what was the city in New York? Or Rose's Point. Rose's Point. Okay. Yeah, it's the it's the um, it's like the Tijuana. You know, it's got there's an actual, you know, uh, crossover border crossing there. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's it's and a big one too. It's like um, the where the throughway meets the the main road that goes into Montreal. All right. Yeah, it's awesome. like the main crossing. Yeah. 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 Um. So you guys meet up with that, and that's in the late 70s, you think? Yeah, and... maybe even 80. Okay. Know. What is, like, I'm not meaning to rush no, any no, I... point in this, but, like, what what was, like, the early 80s to mid-80s like for you, especially when people are getting rid of these? like It was paradise. Not... I was buying them like crazy. Are you kidding? So I have seen the moped market up and down and up and down over the decades. So in the eighties, when gas got cheap again, everybody put them in the basement and forgot about them. Mm -hmm. So the early eighties, they were still marketable around the mid eighties. Now all these bikes don't run. Yeah. And I went on a buying spree. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Um, and then, you know, a few years after that, early 90s, they kind of got popular again. Mm-hmm. But they were unique. Yeah. And okay, I can see that. Hired again. And they went back into the basements. And maybe um, mid mid 90s was the doldrums late 90s early 2000s bam hot again buy mopeds and yeah, yeah. they were so plentiful mm-hmm. you know you now, could go anywhere to slow this down a little bit like what's riding like for you at this point is it just like going to the bar the coffee shop or getting groceries are you still doing like any type of long riding um yeah that's kind of what's what's your what's your moped life like at this point so I've been um, last couple of years, kind of. Um, and I just and I mean in like the eighties and early nineties. What was that? Oh, like? I, I've always ridden just to ride. Mm-hmm. You know, often I'd ride to work, um, but I ride because I like to ride. I'll ride long, short, doesn't matter. Uh, I still I go to rallies. I you know um, actually. For the last year or two, I've been kind of organizing the Boston rides. That's what Mars was saying. Is like, yeah, I kind of got, I had to step back a little bit. He had some stuff going on. And like, because I, you know, I had never heard of you. And like, I'm not, I'm a nobody. So I guarantee you had never heard of me. And I just like, what's up with this? He's like, oh, yeah, he, well, sweet, awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for that, Dave, um, for still being there. Um, now, in the eighties and like early nineties, were you riding with anybody? Did you have like a moped buddy? Cause it seems like a lot of people around will have like their moped buddy. Um, not really. No. Um, I was the oddball. Yeah. I was one of the people pointed out, look at that idiot, you know, <laughs> um, which I have no problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had friends, what I would often do since I had so many is, um, I would invite my friends over. And we take a moped, take a moped, take a moped. And like six or seven of us would go on a ride and go out for Chinese or, you know, whatever, you know, we would go to a bar, whatever we wanted to do. But, you know, we did group ride. Okay. But I owned all the bikes. (laughs) Right on. Yeah. No, dude, that that works. You got your, especially, like you said, if you've got a good collection going. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, we, we do that. Um sometimes you know uh, the parades things like that you know because they're odd enough mm-hmm. you know i get a bunch of my friends okay let's you know if we wanted to promote something mm-hmm. you know put on the posters or whatever onto their mopeds and take them on the you know yeah. attention getter yeah yeah definitely definitely um you talk talk about that i have to ask like it's it's itching my head have you ever owned or seen uh white magnum a white magnum yep i've seen pictures i've i've seen a few like or a white cobra i should say white white cobra yes okay because like i own the white cobra i would okay maybe you can explain what is the deal with them and why were they so rare like i've seen like internet pictures of one and i saw nyc mopeds had one and like that's all i've ever seen it's just what people ordered you know um it's just a fluke like like poop made what they thought would sell mm-hmm. and white wasn't popular so they okay. didn't make a lot of them very simple and and you know what really drives me crazy when when people are restoring bikes or trying to get parts they're always looking for the correct 
tail light, the correct headlight, the mm. correct switches doesn't exist. Yeah. They were pumping these shits out so fast. CEB couldn't keep up. Yeah. So whatever they would ship, they'd put on. So you could have consecutive number mopeds with different lights. Oh yeah. Different I've noticed switches. that with hobbits, like from year, same year, they have different fucking wiring harness. I'm talking about same, literally consecutively numbered serial numbers mm-hmm. with completely different shit on them because they ran out and then, okay, put on that. Why do you think some pooks have a 12 millimeter carb with a 14 intake or a 14 millimeter carb with a 12 intake with a, they had such a demand and supply was so fucked up. They had to yeah. slap on whatever they could get. Mm-hmm. So there was no, you know, plan for that. <laughs> I mean, Pook knew if we're putting this intake on and this carb, we better put this jet. Yeah. yeah. So out. literally they came up with, it's just mopeds. Let's make it work. Exactly. <laughs> but that was simply because of supply chain issues, which yeah. we relate to nowadays a lot. Um, just go to a supermarket and buy chicken, you know, <laughs> if you find it. If Today it's there, tomorrow it's not, whatever. Um, so they were having the same shit going on. So I love when people are saying, oh, but I want to restore it correctly. I'm like, dude, you don't get it. I was there. That's There is no correct light for that. Put whatever you feel like on there because that's what they did. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That that shit makes me happy right there. Yeah. Um, I bet it makes a lot of collectors happy that are listening to this too because now yeah. they don't search anymore. Well, and yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we talked about kind of going through like the A's, you're the oddball out, you're kind of running uh, with some buddies, you'll go on parade routes and stuff like that. And you t- and you dabbled in it just a minute ago about how like all of a sudden late nineties, early two thousand, bam, it's hot again. When did you when did you hear of Moped Army? Because like, and I was just listening because I get nostalgic and whatnot. I was just listening to some like early Moped Monday podcast. Like, you know, some people have issues with Moped Army, some people don't, but we all can agree it is the binding thing for all yes, of the community. Yes, you know, absolutely. and and anytime you get humans, at least my experience. If anytime you get humans together, we're not going to agree on everything, but we can all agree it's good enough the way it is for us all to come together. Like, and it, I mean, it's a hub for rallies and whatnot. Um, right. When was the first time you heard about Moped Army or even came across it? My, I um, started my job at Harvard University in 2003 or four. Mm-hmm. And I took a moped to work because I always take a moped to work and I left it parked in front of the science center and I come back out and there's a note on it. And it was from the Boston affiliate of moped army at the time, kilohertz. Okay. Um, Hey, we have a club. You want to join? I I had this thing about clubs. I'm not against clubs. It's they're great. I just don't join them because of the, you know, it's like if you're a member, that means there's non-members and who's better kind of thing. And I don't want to go there. Everybody's mm-hmm. my family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. I, you know, I, I was asked to join and I graciously declined, but I still rode with them and so, you know, like that, uh, you know, you were busy doing your thing, but you were always willing to support and be a part of their thing. Yeah. 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 Everyone's my family. If, if you have one of these, you're my family. Yeah. You know, so, and that's, you know, I don't care what you look like, how old you are, you know, how you identify, you're my family. 
yeah, yeah. done, you know? Um, but anyway, so they, uh, you know, they said, oh, we're part of Moped Army. So I immediately go to my computer and there they are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many thousands of posts do I have on there now? Oh God, you were like six, 7,000, yeah. probably more. I'm just throwing a rude, you know what? You keep on talking and I will look up your profile. Um, so you discover Moped Army and you right. see that, um, what was your, what was your thoughts about all that? Like you have no, right was- now, Dave, you have 6,861, 61 posts, one wiki edit and 25, uh, photos in gallery and three photos liked. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So there's your, there's your moped army stats. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I saw that and I was like, oh, that, you know, great because of the rallies and the get together. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it's a binding force. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, like you said, there can be angst from time to time, but the bottom line is without that binding force, it would be different for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, I know early on in Kalamazoo there was barbecues. Did you get out to any of the barbecues? And like, and I feel like drawing the picture for some of the people in like the Midwest and whatnot. Like, my ex-wife was from Queens, New York. Never drove. Never owned a car before she moved to Minnesota. Are you only moped bound at this point because you're in the East Coast where it's very heavily populated were you just only mopeds or did you have a car or no i i have yeah i, I like cars I'm... okay okay i was just wondering if you had driven out to what was the first time you actually went to like a did you ever make it to to any of the barbecues or anything like that in Kelsey i Zoo, did or? not really get out of the northeast because there's so many rallies here mm-hmm. you know i've been to the new york uh, acadia the, you know like that mostly in you know in my area, but a lot of them. I mean, they're okay. on Moped Army. You can see, yeah. Um, you know, uh, New Hampshire. We bombed um, the Laconia Biker Rally one year. Oh, um, okay. Uh, about a hundred of us show up on the prime day Saturday afternoon on mopeds down the main street of the Harley mm-hmm. Rally. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah. So you know, I've been to many, many rallies, but you know, mostly. Northeast. I'll get out there soon. Um, you know, I, I'm not moped bound ever. I don't think, no, I've never been moped bound. Um, but I'm kind of like moped focused. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, what, let me ask you this. What was your first rally you ever went to? Hmm. Well, I, I'd have to say that that Ruse's Point meeting was a rally. We got together two countries, 1981, yep. and then we rode for like a 20-mile, you know, ride. Um, my favorite rally is annual, and that's by far Acadia. Okay. Yeah, and it's not an official rally. It's not on no. the calendar, but that's only because um, there's limited accommodations, mm-hmm. and it would get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're literally taking an entire campground every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was um, supposed to come out to that this year, and then I've recently kind of I've made some changes to my schedule, right. so I don't think I'm going to make it. I was, yeah, I, I got some stuff I got to talk about in a few weeks here on the podcast, but I am bummed out about that. But like, I just had to kind of prioritize 
my time, my money and my focus. Like, so I, I'm bummed out. That's what I, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you talk, so you talk about that meet, meet in the middle at the Canadian border. What was your, we'll call it in the modern era of mopeds. When was the first time your first moped rally in the moped army era of mopeds? Sure. The uh, kilohertz first moped rally in Boston, I think they called it um, Boston Massacre. Awesome. Uh, what, yeah. what was like that like for you? Um, well, yeah. I already knew a lot of the people because we had been riding regularly already, but it was it was fun. It was great. We had about um, uh, 70 people show up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, um, it, it was a, it was a blast. I brought up oh, Triped Microcar. How about that? Uh, <laughs> funny thing is, um, midway or well, no, in the about three quarters of the way through the rally, I disappeared, and everybody thought I blazed on them. But actually, um, my air intake sucked up a Snickers wrapper. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that thing's so big, you're not just throwing it in the back of a car. No, they didn't have a chase truck, so you know, I fixed it on the street. But you know, I of all things, a Snickers wrapper, you know that, but that's mopeds. Yeah. That's mopeds how, are dumb like that. That's, that's, hilarious. that's what happens. You find things that you sometimes don't want to find. Yeah. And brave on you. I mean, I know things have changed, but like a micro car at a moped rally, cause I've been on a few of them and those things don't turn that well. Like you kind of, it's kinda... an art and I've mastered it. Um, <laughs> I've since I kitted that, Actually, I kitted that in 2006. Okay. Same kit, still running. Nice. I what is what's what kind of speed are you getting out of that micro car? Forty. Like 20, holy shit! Yeah. You're my. No it's like way. A I, yeah. No way. I'd ever go 40 on a micro car. Like, I I went like 25, 26 on Charlie Buzzards that he had a few years ago. Yeah. That was sketchy as hell. Well, like the problem is you were sitting on the seat. Yeah. So you sit on the seat, but you put your feet, you know, on the, on the frame, on the yep. corners and you surf. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that's, you know, use your weight and that's how you turn. So it can be done. It's just, you know, you got to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I used that actually on their second rally as well, because they had a professional photographer mm-hmm. that was taking video for the rally and she rode with me. Oh, awesome. So that she could do, you know, like shots from the ground and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I um, kept up with two people. <laughs> Dude, yeah, my good on you. That's I want to. I'm getting more and more to like I want to own weird shit in mopeds. But one thing I'm not that's willing. Me. <laughs> one thing I don't think I'm willing to give up garage space for is a micro car or a tripod or anything like that. But like, I'm. I want mini bike. I want little bikes. I I might have a line on a TX fifty, and I yeah. might have a line on a Mondial again, because um, then it'd match my Grand Prix. I gotta maybe do that. But like, I I want weird stuff. Like I, those are weird, but I've taken it to the next level. Yeah, Mine, almost every one I own is so weird that some of them the amount of them that are in existence are five or less yeah yeah so like little bikes i like little bikes so i have a dkw 509 okay it's, who you know who made one that of those little 
nine inch wheel things. Yeah, yeah. It has Who a Sax manu- 502. How many of those do you see around? Oh, Jesus, yeah. Not a 52, a 502, the, that radial fin, ugly little thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a Moby. Yeah, it's a D50R, though. Okay. Which is... Um, for the, the for the ignorance kids, I was going to say, why don't you explain that to us? Top tank, 1965. Okay. Free restrictions. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so the D50R is the special motor. It's mm-hmm. the um, Special, but with a high compression engine, 45, 46 stock. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Arciero Hawk 4 GT. It's your standard tube frame Italian, you know, looks like a pacer. Okay. But has an MO4, four speed, foot shift, manual clutch. Oh. So when do you want to get rid of some of these, Dave? I'm just wondering. <laughs> what? When, when, when do you want to sell some of these to me, Dave? I'm just um, wondering. <laughs> so I, I would gladly, but no. Um, they're actually willed. Oh, awesome. Um, I have, you know, moped friends. Yep. I, some bikes were actually given to me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so that person, for example, has in my will first pick. No. Dude, that's that's rad. I'm just busting chops. Like, well, no, this no, red, this red uh, pook. I'll probably never sell it because of who I got it from. Some friends and yeah. like, yeah. it's you know what? If I wanted to, the market right now, I could quadruple my money for what I paid for. But Easy. it's like, who cares? Like, it's not. It's then never, when you ride, that's the problem. Yeah. Yep. I have a pook. Yep. Um, what? an X fifty slash three. Explain it's X50 three speed handlebar shift. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Three speed manual clutch with mm-hmm. pedals. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Um, you know what's really weird about that RC Arrowhawk four speed? It has pedals and pegs. Interesting. Very confusing. Have, yeah, yeah, you'll have to maybe send some pictures of these to me just so pedals I can see. Because, like, I, I, I get an idea of some of these bikes, but like, remember, like, I've been around three, four years, though. So, like, one of my one of the more rare bikes I saw. When I went out east with my buddy, get it? We picked up a Peugeot. I think it was Peugeot. It's a GL10. It's oh, a yeah. little, yeah, T10. And... My friend Tim has one. Okay, like it was nuts, and Dose actually imported that, and he yeah. got it from a guy. And like Lee had, he's pretty much take blew it apart every nut and bolt because. <sighs> The tank wasn't shot, but like so much was just roached on it that right. it is what it is. But he'll get it running. Lee's a pretty damn smart guy and a pretty good machinist himself. So whatever. Um, I have a I have a dose bike. Um, I have a um, Atala Master LF. It's uh, I call it my Tron bike. Okay. Remember the movie Tron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it looks like so eighties with the you know, um, like three-star wheels and it's mm-hmm. just like bizarre looking um it, that one has a risotto buffalo motor and you know uh that's the risotto 122 it's a kickstart you know single speed they're just well-made little italian motors mm-hmm. and um i had to pull some rabbits out of a hat to find a kit for that one but i have friends in italy so yeah okay i did that and it's got a little pipe on it and it it, it was uh 20 25 mile an hour bike, you know, restricted for Germany because it still has the stickers. Okay. Um, but I, I, last time I checked, I think I got 43 out of it, which is respectable. You know. Oh, yeah. 43 oh, on yeah. a moped. You're, you're doing all right. Well, um, you know, when they restrict them in, in Europe, they don't get around. 
um, my Pook X50, the case literally is smaller. Mm -hmm. You I, So I had a choice of either grinding the case to put a normal cylinder on it, but I went the other way. I bought a 50 kit and I honed the skirt yep. to fit in the case because I didn't want to mess with the original case. No, that's a smart move on your end. Yeah. And um, so it's 50 cc's, but, you know, it's, you know, ported and, you know, it does pretty good. So what they did was they're serious about that shit. They have cops with dynos and they stick it on the dyno. And if it goes more than the speed is supposed to, that's tax evasion. Oh, shit. See, I've seen you know, I've seen pictures you. of that. You're done. Yeah. They confiscate the bike. It's evidence. I mean, it's, you know, serious shit. So like everything on it is made to not be able to tune it. The sprocket in the back mm -hmm. has a different template of the holes. That's how <laughs> serious they are about this shit. So, you know, making that fast is a project. Mm -hmm. well, it's a fun project, you know, oh, and yeah. worthwhile when you're done. And that one's gone to the top of Cadillac Mountain in Acadia. Nice. Yep. And kept up with the crowd. Dude, that's that's so that's so rad. Um, that was an eighteen mile an hour bike. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just talking some of that stuff like and I've seen the pictures like of cops dyno and bikes and like drilling cylinders out. If yeah, you got yeah, too no, big they, a cylinder. They'll measure the CCs. I mean they're they're woo. Yeah. I had a um a Hercules, Sax Hercules with a two speed manual and it was an eighteen mile an hour. They call them MOFA, M O F A. Okay. It's the 18 mile an hour jammies because they don't have, um, you know, they have very low tax for a mm -hmm. MOFA. And um, I had one of those. They were so serious on that one that the, the studs on the engine, one, two, three, four. They had a big, big hole and the fourth one was way out here. So you could only put in the MOFA cylinder. You couldn't put the normal cylinder. Okay. So they didn't want anybody getting yeah. any aftermarket parts for it well yeah so but that's you know jb weld and you know fill it up and done. it's mopeds yeah forget yeah. about it yeah so i had that sucker moving pretty good nice um when i i talk about this and we kind of uh, usually at the beginning like do you remember your smile ride the first time you got on a moped and like kind of just absolutely fell in love with it like do you yeah, remember yeah. that what bike yeah. was that on when i that that Batavis Grant, uh, Grant, it was it, um, Starflight. Okay. Brand new, shiny yep. from the factory. You know what I mean? I drive yep. it out of the dealership with no helmet. <laughs> the dealer was in Croton, New York, which is, it was about, um, you know, 20, 25 miles north of New York City. And mm -hmm. I was driving it to my grandmother's house about 15 miles away. And, you know, I'm in Westchester, not, you know, which is suburbs. There's okay. some nice open roads. And I just like, I've got this brand new bike. I don't need a helmet. I'm just free in the wind. And off I went. And I went to the house and I just turned right back around. <laughs> nope. I got to my destination. And I just rode. I rode that thing for like four hours. Yeah. Now, yeah. let me ask you this. Were you using motor oil as your mix or were you using two cycle oil back in the day? Yeah. I, I was smart enough to use outboard. Okay. I had a boat, so I already had the, you know, the oil. Two-stroke mm -hmm. wasn't that common. You, you no. know, you go to a gas station and they looked at you like, well, you know, uh, unless you were near a lake mm -hmm. or near the ocean, 
where there were a lot of boat people, you know, then they had it. So, you know, I, I would buy, and I still have, I should have, I should have brought it so I could show. I still have the 1970s outboard oil because I bought cases of it. Oh yeah. I still have. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the Evinrude, uh, you know, 50 to one special yeah, yeah. outboard oil, you know, yeah, yeah, it was great for mopeds. Dude, that's great. That's great. Um, yep. So when was a, how was your feeling about, you know, the beginning days of 77 mopeds and uh, Treatland and, and stuff like that? Like, how was that? How did that stuff work into your moped life? Like, and what was like, did you even think about getting performance parts early on? Or like, how did, I'm just kind of wondering how that evolution happened for you. Well, for me, first of all, like I said, they didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So you learned how to make your make stuff fast on your own, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I already knew how to do it. But when when kits started to show up, I was like, whoa, um, you know, hallelujah. Because yeah. um, it made made things so much simpler. I mean, you know, I can slap a kit on in 15 minutes and be riding it, you know? Yeah. And, but, you know, if I was doing the work myself, you know, hours and hours of fine tuning and dremeling and cleaning and, you know, emery and crocus cloth and all that nonsense. And that like eliminated that. I mean, you know, dust off the ports and slap it on and off you go, you know. So I was I was thrilled when that started uh, happening. When the Internet started happening is mm-hmm. when, you know my eyes open there was moped world okay they had that really like dumb looking website with like the it looked like star wars you know <laughs> like a first generation iteration of star wars yeah, yeah. Um, um so you know i started buying from them then i discovered um you know out in um out in california out in san francisco um you know um myron's Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I still, yeah. I still. When Myron had it yeah. before Sean. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're talking way back. Um, you know, troglodytes way back. Um, <laughs> you know, and and then, you know, more places started popping up. You know, the internet just changed everything. Mm-hmm. You know, before that, you were, um, you know, looking in magazines, mail ordering. Um, you know, hoping a bike shop would have what you needed, you know, was real hit and miss. Yeah. I know some of the early guys in I've interviewed like Graham from Moped Factory, like they would talk about like fifty CC and dot NL they'd get cylinders yep. and stuff like that from and the whole money order. I still do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're still around. Yeah, yeah. Um I gotta think who I, I I just ordered I ordered a pipe for my Grand Prix and I think I I I should I'll keep quiet because I want to say I ordered from them but I don't think I did it was somewhere out of France. I I find places I just um I just ordered a kit for a five hundred two I didn't even mm-hmm. think they existed from Switzerland. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, they don't ship to the United States, so I'm gonna have to have it shipped to a friend in Germany and then they'll forward it and you know that kind of nonsense. But you know. I didn't even, I, I had to struggle when I got that bike, it was seized and the mm-hmm. piston was iffy and I had to struggle to find a piston for it. I ended up making one from another, you know, I ended up taking a similar piston and taking down the skirt and making it work. Oh, okay. It rides real nice, runs great, but you know, I literally made the piston. 
<laughs> That's all. Yeah. Well, there's so hard. There's no parts for those. They're so rare. It's literally unobtainium, as we will well, say around yeah, here. Yeah, because they went from the 501 to the 502 to the 503 in a matter of months. The 503 was so far superior to the 502. Mm-hmm. They didn't make so many of them. Yeah, they they realized they saw their flaw and just like screw this, hopped. we're out of here. It's yep, not yep. flawed. It's a good little motor. It's just the 503 is fan cooled, vertical, more powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a better motor. So the the little single speed got kind of, you know, fell fell off the uh, off the train and you know. So funny thing, people think that because something's rare. It's valuable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not so much, but yeah. No. Why do you think the Maxis are so valuable now? Because uh, it's, we were talking about this the other day. When you think of moped, that's what you think, Maxi. Oh, that, yeah, it's not rare. People had them, and now mm-hmm. they miss them, and that's what makes it valuable. Yeah. Okay? I have, my Pook is 10 times rarer than that, 100,000 times rarer than that. Mm-hmm. I could probably have a harder time selling it than, you know, you're selling your maxi because you have a ready market of people my age mm-hmm. who live the moped craze and want to be young again. And yep. there it is. Yeah. 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 Probably, yeah. I, I had can't. one of those. You know, I'm guilty of that myself because I had um, a white Honda 160 that I uh, went happies with my best friend on when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. You know, 25 bucks a piece. We bought this piece of shit and we'd bomb around on it. <laughs> and um, one of my moped friends had that exact bike, but nice. You know, yeah. Not a, not a, and I saw it and I was like, I have to have it. And we worked yep. out a deal. You know, I gave her a moped and some cash and, you know. But, oh, yeah. You know, oh, so I dude, I totally, I hear you on that 100%. Yeah. Um, now, when you moved from New York to Boston, were you still the odd guy out in the world of mopeds or were there starting to be moped people around? Was it, or was it just happenstance with uh, kilohertz finding you? Like, did you leave a moped community at all in New York no. or was it, was it kind of, um, I had friends who rode and eventually after some of those joints where I say, take a moped, take a moped, take a moped, mm-hmm. a couple of them got mopeds. So I had a small, you know, little, little nexus there. Mm-hmm. But when I moved here, I knew nobody. Okay. And that kilohertz thing was complete happenstance. I parked in a place where, you know, it was high profile where they happened to be. And one of them just left a note on my bike. Dude, that's awesome. That, that shit makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, and how did you see the scene change? Like one lucky two strokes came in and left and, now you got the LSLB boys. Like, how is kind of the out, not necessarily you're an outsider, but how has it been kind of seeing the scene in Boston right now for mopeds? So, you know, you, you're talking about all these clubs and scenes going in and out, but if you look at the people, mm-hmm. there's a core. Yeah. Like Mars. Yep. That have always been, no matter who, no yep. matter what, no matter when, and probably always will be. Yeah, so, Mars. Mars is such a genuine human being. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, so much, so much respect and so much love for that guy. Like, just. But fun. he's been around, you know, yep. from all all the different groups. So, you know, that's why, uh, you know, I don't put so much 
uh, personal um, input into the group, you know, into a club per se, because they come and go, mm-hmm. but the people don't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're, I hear you. they're my family, basically. Yeah. You know, uh, if somebody's in trouble, you know, I, I have a, uh, a trailer, a rack for my car. It's happened. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so-and-so and, you know, there's no way to get home or whatever. You know, you, it's your family. You go get them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hear you, and that's rad. I totally agree with you. I got distracted by your cat in the background. I love cats. Uh, <laughs> oh, that one? You want them? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I got to give you some shit about the Rangers thing because I am from Minnesota and I'm supposed to love hockey, but yeah, whatever. Um, I was going to ask you, yeah, before, what? what's it? You say you stay in the Northeast, but like, what's the farthest out you've gone for a moped rally? Um, I, you know, I, I'd have to think about that. Now, I, I've stayed mostly in New York, New England, New Jersey. Went to one of Moped Lars rides. Mm-hmm. Those were legendary. He's a great guy, too. Yeah, he actually lives down in Virginia now. Yeah. Now, I've been to Moped Lars rides, been to several New York rallies, Boston rallies, New Hampshire rallies, Maine, several Maine. There was um, uh, so... One of the fun one was um, the kid that owns the um, moped shop in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Which shop is that? There is a shop in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Okay. Port City Beds, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, he's, he's dabbling in scooters as well. And, yeah. You know, that's okay. Oh, uh, yeah. He put on one called, I don't know, Most of the Coast or something like that years ago. And we rode over um, and a band, they, they were tearing down a major bridge. Uh-huh. It had holes in it the size of, um, you know, tractor trailers. Yeah. yeah. Rode across that. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I've been mostly Northeast focused, not just because I've always had um, pretty high pressure jobs in management. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't really have the time to get away for the long, you know, I'd make, I'd make them happen. Yeah. That's. You know? Yeah, it it's come. I I hear you a hundred percent. That's I can't talk about it yet. But like I ha, I've got a very great job that is very high pressure, and I'm still new at it. And I didn't think I was gonna be able to get away for a moped event this summer, but I'm going to, and I'm very happy about yeah, that. I mean, nothing will. I I I just started a new job today, literally today. Awesome! Congratulations. And the first thing I told them was that the weekend before Memorial Day is mm-hmm. sacrosanct. Acadia rally. Yep. 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 Aside from that, you know, I don't care, <laughs> but you know, we, we complain about them, but it keeps the garage full of mopeds. So, you know, yeah. yeah. How many mopeds are you up to right now? Well, the, my problem is not, you know, I could have, I could have a lot more. Uh, my problem is space. Well, especially the tripeds. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two trikes and about 15 two wheel. That's- but then there's also two motorcycles, a dune cycle, which is a, you know, a three wheel, crazy chopper looking contraption from the 70s, 60s, actually. Yeah. Um, I have a, a rare mini bike with a shifter, you know, so I'm, I'm moped focused, but not mm-hmm. strictly. Yeah, yeah. You know, you still need a, a big bike to, you know, 
make noise in the neighborhood once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I think my no neighbors get pretty annoyed with me r ripping up and down the Yeah. Well, I make street. up for it by fixing their snow blowers and, you know, we have yeah. a, you know, we, we get along okay. Except for <laughs> oh. this one, one nasty lady, old lady that nobody likes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all, we all got one, don't we? Yeah, there has to be one. You know? Yeah, yeah. So what are, what are your 2022 plans for mopeds? Um obviously Arcadia. Uh what other do you have any other plans to get out? Um oh, I, rallies, I or? we we so I've been for the last two years a stickler for the weekly ride. Mm -hmm. I have made it happen every week that that it wasn't below freezing. I've you know, gone and also organized it and got people to go out and made sure we had an interesting place to go or some weird new food place to try or, you know, some kind of, you know, um, illegal place <laughs> to go that we're not supposed to be, but it has an incredible view or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, that's not going to stop. And congratulations on you for that, because I my experience has shown me so far some of the cities with the highest moped count are the ones doing a weekly ride. At least like that's on, I'm seeing the zeros out in uh, Toledo. I'm seeing Minneapolis. Um, there, those like just a couple examples, like they have a good moped count in each city and they're doing weekly rides. So like good on you in Boston. Like, but I know there's a ton of riders out in Boston and I know you're uh, Mars did tell me that like you're, organizing the weekly ride so thank you very much for that because then people see and people get interested oh yeah we so many new people saw mm -hmm. or had had one didn't know whatever and now they're regulars and you know it, it's like if you now, how do people on, find your weekly rides not to interrupt you too bad but how is how is that a thing because i was actually one of the listeners of the show lives in boston and she has a moped and her boyfriend has a scooter, which, you know, whatever. But, like, how would – if I'm somebody new to mopeds, how would I find your guys' weekly rides? Facebook page, New England Mopeds. Okay. Okay, where um, Mars is an admin, I'm an admin. You know most of the admins. Yeah. Um, it, usually on the rides, most of, uh, a lot of the people that are going are um, LSLB. Yep. You know, I mean, they're all, you know, I'd like to say they're friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and but but everyone who jumps on one of those, as far as I'm concerned, is, you know, friend or family. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we're. I, I start posting them as soon as the weather like we had a ride a couple of weeks ago where we had that freakish warm day. OK. And we had a dozen people show up in February. Oh, dude, because people are itching like I. Like I said, it was 40 degrees. I was riding mopeds. I think I saw Edward, like Mr. Koi Pond, fake moped army himself, riding his scooter at 40 degrees in Chicago. Yeah, like, yeah. Some so, of us idiots are out riding already. Right. I mean, I had um, I had all of them out today because every, <laughs> so, every once in a while, I just open the garage door, bring each one out, start it right around the block, put it back just to keep the seals soft. And, mm -hmm. you know, people don't realize how important that is, oh, especially yeah. when you have a colder climate. Um, mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you keep the gas tank full with stable, you know, stabilized yep. fuel. So this way you get no moisture and you start it every, you know, month or two, even every two months and just run it for 10 minutes. 
-hmm. that'll save your motor. They'll last forever. The seals get hard in the cold and, yep. and that's when they crack. Okay. You know, if you can just run it for a little while, soften it up, get some oil on them, get them back to, and then, you know, you're good for another couple months. So awesome. I did that today. I had all of them out. You know? Nice, nice. Yeah. Neighbors, uh, like, you know, what's wrong <laughs> with that boy? You know, because the, the driveway is littered, littered with bikes. That shit makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, I was giving a lot of friends crap in Kansas City because they had a 70-degree day. I'm like, you guys out riding? They're like, no. I'm like, what the? Whatever. What's okay. that? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I would be going down there. Kansas City is like six and a half, seven-hour drive for me. Right. I would be going down there this weekend if they had a sunny day on Saturday, but it's supposed to rain, so I'm not driving seven hours with my moped right. to go ride in the rain. Not going to happen. I hear you. We had some rainy rides. There's a couple of um, groups that popped up recently in the last three or four years in the um, uh, Southern Mass, Rhode Island area. Um, mm -hmm. They're kind of... Well, now they're sort of competing clubs, but they're really, you know, they were one and then yep. they split up. Um, but, you know, they've been running a lot of rides and, you know, doing a lot of stuff and become very active. And that area has some incredible view. You know, there's oceanfront, oh. you know, you go to Newport, you, go, you know, so that's a ton of fun. And then there's a bunch of them that live in a, a, a rural part of Mass that have these open roads you can just blast for hours mm -hmm. and nobody bothers you. So, you know, um, that's been a, a, a treat, you know, meeting up with those guys. There's two of them, a Brute Squad and Road Thrasher's Posse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, both, you know, both really good internet presses, both really yeah. rad, rad groups. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have, you know, logos and all that stuff. I mean, you know. To me, that's not what's important. It's getting out there to ride, but yep. you know, whatever floats your boat, they're all family, and you know, yeah, it's it's a bit of balance for both. I mean, it seems like to get noticed, you got to have something flashy. But those guys, I can say that both those groups are rad. I love we've both I've interacted with all of them. Like, right, I'm all about the groups coming up. That's I think we're gonna see a lot of great shit happen in 2022 um we got i think it's in the next weekend or so there's a rally going on in savannah georgia which with the uh trash pandas you got the boys down in nashville at the daggers they're putting on their rally which i think is going to be huge you got acadia um yeah. and it's you got baker's dozen i think uh the wizards just announced their rally it's going to be like I, I don't know the dates because I'm not that prepared of a podcaster, but like you see things getting back to not normal per se, but people are like, right. this is, we're just, we're getting back. Um, well, in Boston, we rode more mm -hmm. during COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were like, this is not going to beat us if we mm -hmm. got a mask up when we go, but whatever it is fine. But we actually increased our riding yeah. and, and, the you know there's like a a, a tight group lslb and yeah. and others uh, they have a uh they rented a several bay garage yeah and that's like you know moped headquarters for the mm -hmm. area you know it's just incredible you know yeah no that's that's rad and the way any city that has a group shop like that is so fucking 
thumbs up like really rad well Um, like for me i'm i'm you know it's a 10 mile ride each way for me to get to the ride mm -hmm. so i'm I'm the same way brother like i'm over in st paul and like i probably have to ride 10 miles 12 miles just to meet because they the minneapolis st paul minneapolis scene generally meets up at the same place every week which is awesome it's very consistent Right. Um, but I got to drive, I got to ride, which doesn't bother me. Cause I'm a fucking moped rider. That's what I do. Yeah. Like but I will blast over there. No big deal. If you have a little issue or something with the moped, cause that never happens. Um, I build Hondas. We don't have got a place, you know, you don't have to worry about how am I going to get this thing home? Mm-hmm. No, I, you know, you have yeah. a second home and they welcome you with open arms. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's that it's priceless. Yeah. No, it's, it's like I said, it's a really awesome thing that I, I wish, I wish my community had, I mean, I don't know if I would ever work on bikes at a community shop, but I would definitely give the entrance fee or whatever, just to support it. Like I always say, like if I was in Toledo, I would definitely do what I could do to support the zero shop. But like, I'm a person, I can't be around people while I work on stuff because like I get ultra focused and the ADD gets going and like I'm bouncing all over the place. If I have other I have people there. Yeah. So yeah. my, my problem is not that I'm ultra focused. My problem is when I start something, my ADD kicks in, I have to finish it no matter how long it takes. Yeah. So if I, people are like, you know, I always see them, you know, working on their winter project. <laughs> well, my winter project is eight hours long. Okay. You know, uh, I bought a bike a few weeks ago and I will finish it that day. Oh, good for you. Or die. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one or the other. Like, I won't stop until I either run out of parts or, you know, whatever, or it's done. And usually because I, um, a shameless parts order, um, I don't run out of parts. So generally, if I find something out in the mm-hmm. wild it's it's out on the ride a day later and that's yeah. what happened with i grabbed a cheap safari mm-hmm. um that looked like you know it was it, it needed some love <laughs> it looked like a bomb hit it and two days later i'm riding that on the group ride that's awesome good yeah. for you now are you some of these bikes i mean not your ultra rare ones but are you are they're you... all that's that safari is the only one that's not ultra rare <laughs> Okay, I was going to say, are you turning some of these around and bringing them back to the community? Because, like, I think that's really rare when people – I think – not rare. I think that's awesome when people do that as a service. Like, I'll buy Hobbits for, like, 100 bucks a basket case, and I'll literally just say 50 bucks for my time and gas and whatever I have in, like, stock parts. Because I I won't sell a kid at bike because I don't want to have to deal with people with a kid at bike. So, like, I'll sell a lot of Hobbits for three, 400 bucks. Like, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty well known for if I do sell something, um, it's, you're getting it below market value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do sell kitted bikes. Good for you. Like, when I, yeah, because I'll build it to last. Mm-hmm. Like I won't sell uh, a kitted bike with a bushing. Um, <laughs> I will build, I won't overbuild it. You know, I'll make sure, you know, it's got good bearings. I'll make sure, you know, that. Example, my, my tripod, I kitted that in 2006 yeah. and I don't drive it easy. 
yeah. the people and it's still running. So I <laughs> build them to last. I'm not afraid to build it to sell a kitted bike because they don't sell wildly kitted bikes. Yeah. Those will break. Yep. You know, um, but I mean, uh, you know, I, I would sell a kitted bike that is so reliable. We use it as a rally loaner. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. And like when I say I won't sell a kitted bike, it's basically so a, I'm a little cheap because <laughs> I, I do want to at least try to get my money out of it. Right. And you know, as well as I do, like moped people, if you're in the scene, you're cheap and you don't want to pay full price for anything. And if you're somebody out in the wild, you don't want to pay. They, they're cheap too. And they don't want to pay the price like your time labor. So like, it's easier for me to put a stock bike together and if somebody wants me to build them a faster bike, well, then we can talk. But, like, I still – I actually did build a performance bike for somebody, and all I did was charge them parts. Like, and that was treats prices. I don't get a discount. I'm nothing special. Like, I I just did a DR with a stuffy crank and a variator, and I made them buy that, and I put it together for them. Yeah, I, I mean, like that – Safari, I, I snared um, Dose's last um, Parma kit, mm-hmm. B1 Parma kit. Those guys are golden. They gave it to me for 89 bucks. Jesus. Shipped. Yeah. Shipped. Yeah. Because it was the last one and supposedly they had issues, but they didn't really have issues. It's just a matter of knowing what that kit wants. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it wants to be spaced up two millimeters. It wants, you know, a certain head gasket. You know, if you know what it wants and you give it to it, those are solid as can be. Awesome. So, you know, basically uh, built a performance bike for next to nothing. And someone's going to get a performance bike, you know. Heck yeah, dude. uh, uh, You know, a rusty, uh, (laughs) you know, rusty Moby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm as we kind of wrap up here, Dave, I got to thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm wrapping up a little bit because I am tired and I'm tired, but, um, so what are your 2022 plans for mopeds? Let me ask you that. I think we kind of touched on that and then me and you kind of segued into another topic. Oh dude, no worries. Like I love segues. Well, you know, I, I am always on the hunt for the rare. Okay. And you know, when I find something in the wild, that's rare, I'm going to bring that back to life and bring it as close to original looking mm-hmm. as possible. Uh, it may not be, you know, uh, anything I do to engines is usually reversible. I keep mm-hmm. the original, you know? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I want to increase the collection a little bit. Um, uh, want to find stuff for the community and, you know, fix it up and resell it. Um, I want to ride every day but of course there's rainy days um we'll we'll have our group rides here um my weekends during the summer are going to be a mess because of my new job but before and after the summer i definitely want to get to some rallies away from the northeast because Mm -hmm. you know that's really you know the last check mark on the bucket list there i really haven't gone to you know midwest for a rally west coast um trying to wrap my head around how i bring a bike with me Mm mm-hmm I just throw it. I, I I have a Volks. Well, I did with my Forester, but like I just have one of those car totes that are like. I, no, I can carry. I yep. can carry three bikes. I have okay. a trailer. I have a car tote. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking about going 
by plane or bus. Or, ah. you know, and, um, I do have that DKW. If I throw a kid on that, it'll keep up. And it's one of those mini minis. Yeah, yeah. Although I did have a Donizelli that I kitted. Um, a Donizelli mini kid, you know, the one that folds in half with the nine inch wheels. Yeah, uh, Ryan or Nick from the Cranks has one. Like, they didn't they use them on like ships and stuff back in the day? Or yeah, yeah, Muhammad Ali had one. Okay, I have. I had the one that he owned. Oh wow, that's yeah. impressive. So. So, of course, it had an MO on it. I had to put an MO2 on it, of course. <laughs> and I had to put uh, an EV turbo pipe on that little tiny thing, you know, custom cut. Yeah. And I had to put a bigger carb and I had to put a Polini kit. Of course. On a nine inch hardtail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the thing was ridiculously fast. I almost got killed on it so many times. I called it death by moped. My wife made me sell it. <laughs> I, I went over the bars on it once. I mean, it was this thing was dangerous. Yeah, R- Ryan's a sketchy as hell. Like, yeah. yeah, he he made a pipe for it. And everything. Yeah, it's a... go fifty on one of those and see what oh. happens. Oh it Jesus was, Christ! No. no thanks. I'm no. good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh-huh. So I have the little DKW that I can actually put in a duffel bag because the handlebars fold down. So yeah. I think um you know I don't really want to drive all over the place and then go to a rally because then you're tired. I'd rather like, you know, either hop a bus or a plane and ship the, the moped. You're not tired until you get home and then all the adrenaline and all the endorphins wear off. Then you're shot for a day and a half and you have rally hangover. Like we all talk about, I'm 39. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be 67 in two days. Well, you're, you know, you can get a hotel and just take your time like you did on the way to Key West. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, most of the time on the uh, way to Key West, we, um, you know, I had a, a bedroll and we did, yeah. we slept under the stars. We only went to hotels when it was pouring. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, if yeah. you're in Florida, it's pouring every day. <laughs> yeah, but only for 10 minutes. It's true. That I, screwed I, me up you know. so much the first time I went to Florida to see my mom. She's owned property on and off for the last decade down there. And like, I fly into Orlando and like, it's downpouring. I'm like, well, this day is shot. 10 minutes later, everything's like dry as can be. I'm like, what the fuck? She goes, it's Florida. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's Florida. Um, but I can't, th- we'll chit chat for a moment here. I gotta, we'll get it off the podcast here. Um, I can't thank you enough, Dave, for coming on second chance it, moped podcast. We'll, ha- we'll have you on again. Don't worry. We got another, we're, we're on episode 99, but with any luck, I'll have a, another hundred in me to do. Um, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, dude, I dig, I dig it. You know, talk mopeds, get to know people. Uh, it's a, it's a rad, rad world out there. But again, Dave, thank you very much for coming on. Everybody, don't forget to check out uh, Second Chance Pod on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Second Chance Moped Podcast. There's a group, there's a page, all that good stuff. Uh, if you've got any questions for me or any of that good stuff, uh, Second Chance at, hold on, Second Chance Podcast at gmail.com. I don't know. Just get a hold of me on Instagram. It's the easiest way to do it. Um, also, make sure to listen next week at episode 100. I got something pretty cool for everyone to tune into. And again, Dave, thanks you very much for coming on. And don't forget, mopeds are dumb. And so am I. <laughs> Be well. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Take care. Talk to you. Bye.